This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Behind Enemy Lines, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Listen in as we go in-depth with beat writers that cover Tiger opponents. What's the vibe around their team? What are the matchups to watch out for? Who will win the game? All these questions will be answered. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome back to Go Tigers 247's Behind Enemy Lines. We've had three episodes. Now we have the fourth. We're excited, man, this week... Memphis is playing University of North Texas, the mean green from the University of North Texas. And I'm excited because I got Reed Smith. He's the site manager for Mean Green 247. He's on with us today. Reed, what's going on, dude? Oh, man, I'm just living my life, you know, college student writing, you know, normal things. I love it, man. So you're a college student at North Texas, Mm -hmm. and you're also the site manager for the 247 affiliate at the University of North Texas. Man, how'd you Mm -hmm. get into that gig? Well, I started with the uh, school paper. I, I kind of rode that way for a couple of years. Uh, did a lot of softball reporting, which was hard work. They played three or four times a weekend. So didn't get many uh, weekends for a while, but kind of leveraged that into kind of getting this uh, job at, at Mean Green 24-7. And it's been a fun ride. Yeah, man. Well, your site is awesome. You're the site manager for them. Um, you're not only the site manager, you're the beat writer for both basketball and football, man. You're killing it over there, dude. I've really, really, uh, I've done a kind of a deep dive into, into y'all site and you're killing it, dude. You're doing a really good job over there. Uh, I sure appreciate that. Absolutely. So this is week four of the 2022 season. We've been talking to different beat writers, um, for all of tiger opponents. Um, so I'm excited to be able to talk to you It's week four, Tigers are coming into the game two and one. The main greens sit at two and two. So what are the what are the vibes around the team right now over in North Texas? Oh man. Uh it's pretty negative right now, to be honest with you, Kenny. Uh 5827 loss to a UNLV last weekend. It was 23-20 at halftime. You in, in favor of UNLV. Just was not a second half that anybody saw coming and probably the team didn't see coming. Just a lot of different mistakes at high leverage uh, moments and honestly defensively just was not the best performance that North Texas has put in. So the vibes aren't very good around there. It, you know, honestly, yeah, you know, vibes are off with, with, uh, with Memphis after the first week, the vibes were off after the loss of Mississippi state. And I think the, yeah. I think there's a lot of questions for Memphis fans still about the, about the tiger team in terms of, especially mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball. But, um, you know, coming off of two straight wins, I think the vibes around this around this city are a little bit better than what's going on in North Texas right now. Um, but y'all are still two and two. I mean, you're you're sitting at five hundred. 
Um, yeah. You know, one of the main storylines coming into this year for North Texas was that quarterback competition. Both teams had a quarterback. It's so interesting the the how things you know coexist together. You know, the yeah. Tigers came into this year with a quarterback competition between returning starter Seth Hennigan and mm-hmm. um, por- transfer portal from Arizona Grant Gannell started the season um, as you know in a quarterback competition. Seth was um, obviously a true freshman last year. Grant got hurt literally four days before the first game of the year. And I think everybody thought consensus-wise that that Grant was going to be the starter coming into the 21 season. Um, And then Seth came in due to the injury, and Seth just – he just performed so far and above better than what most true freshmen do um, that coming into this year – I think everybody thought it was going to be Seth's job to lose, but Grant is that guy, right? Like, Grant's a player. Grant can really play. Um, And then it was two weeks into the season, or into the fall camp, um, or spring camp, excuse me, that Grant ended up transferring again, and he ended up at North Texas. Yes, he sure did. And so coming coming into the spring ball, there was obviously a quarterback competition between Austin Ani and Jace Reuter, um, and then you add Grant Gannell to the to the equation in North Texas. Um, it's a quite a bit of a competition to go up against, but yet Austin Ani came out on top during that during that yeah. competition. How how was the decision to start Austin met amongst the the Mean Green fans, and and where are they standing now? Well, you know, initially it was very negative. Uh, the team brought in three quarterbacks in the off season and, uh, stone Earl, JD head and Gunnell. So going into fall camp, the, the general consensus is there's no way that Ani is going to come out on the other side as the starter, but you know, he performed in fall camp. He looked like the best quarterback for the job. It wasn't just a, he's our returning star or he's North Texas's returning starter. Let's just put him in at the beginning of the season. It was, he earned that job. You know, Gunnell was on his trail for a couple weeks there at the end of fall, but, Ani earned that job. And, you know, the after last season, uh, obviously 52% completion rating or completion percentage for Ani last season wasn't the, the most potent passer in the league. Um, it, it was uh, met with some hostility a little bit, especially on, on the forums. Um, most people thought that it should have been Gunnell's job. But, you know, the first few games here, Ani has – really performed. I mean, nine touchdowns to three interceptions through four games. So there's not a lot to complain about with Austin right now. For the first two games, it was still kind of kind of iffy, but it, it's definitely leveled out to uh, end up with the fan base kind of rallying around him a little bit. I mean, he's 29 years old. It, it's a good story. It's his last season. I, he's a good story. So do you think that there is a, a um, you know, Tiger fans are, are – they're invested in any player that has put on a Tiger uniform, and Grant Gannell is one of those guys that has has you know sweat out there on the team on the field with the Tiger team. Um, do you think there's a chance that I mean, is it Austin on his job, or is he looking over his shoulder a little bit at Grant? I think through the four the first four games, it's on his job, and I just can't see a point in this season in which Gannell would surpass Ani, and you know. Grant has talked about or talked about in fall camp how, 
you know, he, he's willing to be that second guy because he, he wants to spend the rest of his eligibility at North Texas. So, I mean, this isn't his last ride with, with UNT. I mean, there's always next season. Plus, Ani is, is you know, gone after this season. He announced that this is his last season. So, you know, Grant's going to be here for a little bit. And so, you know, while he probably won't start this year, I, I don't think that with the way Ani is performing and the way Ani has been in the uh, offense for a while, plus being his final year, I, I just don't see a way that Grant surpasses him this season at least. So, like I said earlier in the podcast, I've you know kind of done a deep dive on on your site, and man, I read a fantastic article um, that you wrote yesterday. I think it was um, titled "Halves of Defined North Texas," and I love that article because you made a, a lot of analogies between um, you know like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and you <laughs> you know all these different analogies about. Yeah you know, the same person, but two different halves or two different sides to that person. And you correlated that with the North Texas team. And not only in terms of, you know, because the seat y'all are standing at two and two right now, you, you, uh, one loss, one loss. So, you know, in four games, it's kind of, there's not been a, 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 you know, it's the, the outcome has changed each game. But then you also talked about how the inside the game that, the teams are different. The, the North Texas team is different from half to half. Like you get the Dr. Jekyll, the Mr. Hyde, you know, side of, of the team, even in a game. And you specifically mentioned yeah. the UNLV game is a great, is a great example of that. Um, from your vantage point, like why has the team fluctuated so much this year from game to game, half to half? And, and what are the fixes to make sure that doesn't continue? I mean, it's play calling a lot with UNLV and it was, it was just lack of defense against UNLV as well. I mean, a Brumfield ended up their UNLV's quarterback ended up having a hundred yards on his, on the ground and then 200 through the air. I mean, there was no stopping him. So it's different things. That's an injured secondary, a big injury on the line for UNT. So it has been difficult for them on defense, but there were four or three different occasions in which North Texas was in UNLV territory, fourth and short, and the team went to the same play every single time. It was shotgun draw every time. And, you know, UNLV was figuring that out. And, you know, in the first half, North Texas was really running the ball pretty well, um, making the passes, playing quick, and then second half was just sloppy slow just a completely different offense took the field it for third quarter get a quick touchdown and that was it for the rest of the half you know it was it was just odd play calling i i didn't see the the quickness of the offense in the second half and it's just things changed at at halftime and is that because unlv couldn't stop rolling or you know, UNT not being able to convert on fourth and short or call something other in the draw on fourth and short, you know, it's just a number of reasons that, you know, we'll probably get more insight at media day or media availability tomorrow, but got some questions at the moment. So when you see North Texas, you know, the, the, the Dr. Jekyll side of North Texas, the good side of North Texas, what, what is, 
what is it that they do offensively and defensively that that makes you say this team could compete in the conference USA this year like this team could play could be a contender what is it that you see that you like North Texas has really found an identity as a uh, as a running team the last two years I mean there's four running backs on the roster that could be starting and they all rotate throughout a game so the rushing attack has been one of the top in the not only in conference USA but in the country for the last two years and when it's on it's on and with Ani it's he's has the same completion percentage as last year that his completions are are not going up but the big playability is you know his, his throws have on big plays have looked more accurate you know has a healthier wide receiving core so it's really a rushing first attack that now has that quarterback and receivers to make big plays as well you know so it's different you know obviously in the second half of the UNLV game uh, a lot of it against SMU especially was was one of those games where Ani was moving the ball uh North Texas was was moving the ball through the run but just again play calling in the red zone was questionable but yeah, it's really just a rush-heavy team with with you know big playability is what I'd say through the air. So did did North Texas add some players to help Austin with those big playabilities during the offseason? Yeah, yeah. So Jamori Macklin from Mizzou, that's a uh, Jeremy Macklin's cousin actually. Um, he was added from Missouri. Uh, Latrell Neville from Nebraska. He hasn't gotten much playing time, but he he's an impact guy, and they've just gotten generally shorter. And the receiving core with uh, Jair Shorter coming back, he's been injured for 19 and 20 and 21 for the most part. And he's uh, pretty much made a pretty big impact. And, you know, that that those guys coming in have kind of taken a, a lot of, you know, pressure off the shoulders of UNT's top receiver last season, Roderick Burns. And so he's been able to really get open in the uh, – and the slot a lot more often than he he was last season so just different guys you know in the receiving core have helped Ani with that introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of slash talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So you, you, you mentioned four running backs that, the, that UNT has that could potentially start. 
who who should Tiger fans be watching out for in terms of you know big playability, you know breaking big runs, things like that from the backfield? I look for Oscar Attaway the third. He uh, tore his ACL in twenty one, but has come back pretty much stronger than ever. He's got more already more touchdowns than he's had in his uh, career this season. Um, very strong guy, not the fastest back, but he's very elusive. He he's shifty. Awesome. So what are some of the matchups position wise that you're looking forward to seeing, you know, in the main, when the main green come to Memphis, like what are some of those position groups that you're looking forward to seeing match up against each other for the Tigers and, and main green? I don't know if I'm quite looking forward to it, but uh, any receiving core versus North Texas secondary right now should be interesting. Um, the UNT lost its, its best defensive back, uh, John Davis Jr. And the, first game of the season against UTEP and since then have it's been kind of Zahadri Jackson transfer from Utah State and Ridge Tejada kind of switching out um between um starting at that at that position so you know with uh with with y'all having Hennigan and him being able to being a pretty efficient passer, it's going to be interesting to see how he he kind of cooks against uh, North Texas's secondary. I mean, every quarterback that North Texas has faced, including Andrew Body from uh, Texas Southern, has thrown 200 plus yards. So that's certainly something to look for. And you got to think that there's a little bit of extra motivation for Seth being this his hometown college coming to town. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, you you got to wonder if that's a if that's a motivation, if I know Seth and I've talked to him quite a few times in the last, you know, over the last two years, um, it wouldn't surprise me if that wasn't a motivation, um, because he's just so locked in. So, so just, he's almost like he's so cerebral. It almost comes across off-putting at times, right? Like he's, he's, but he's a fantastic, fantastic player. Obviously, you know, his dad, was his head coach and, um, you know, in Denton, um, in high school. And just, he has that demeanor, man, of, of a, just a, a killer out there. And he's definitely, Seth has definitely proven himself. He's he, that last year was not a fluke. I mean, he's coming in after a really rough first half against Mississippi state came in and settled, you know, righted the ship, settled it down in the second half. And then just against Navy and, and Arkansas state just had his way with them and, has really shown, you know, with the new offensive coordinator at Memphis, Tim Cramsey, coming over from Marshall, who, um, you know, has had, you know, Tim, while he was at Marshall, had quite a few pretty good quarterbacks there, has shown a, a you know, a definite desire to press the ball down the field, you know, and they've got some, some wide receivers that are um, big and fast that can get open, and while they might be unproven to a degree, they're not Calvin Austin the third, who's now playing for yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've really, mm-hmm. after that first half against Mississippi State, have really shown that they can be dependable receivers. So, you know, that was a big question I think for Tiger fans coming into the year was, man, you're you're you've lost Calvin Austin the third, and you've lost uh, Sean Dykes at the tight end position, who was a glorified slot receiver. He was six foot one, six foot two, like you know, 220, 230 pounds, but could just catch the ball everywhere. 
Um, and that was the big question was, was like, okay, who's going to step in and take over for, for Calvin and for Sean? And um, the guys they have in place, man, have really filled in admirably. They, you know, they brought in Iowa State transfer Joe Skates, and he's a big-time deep ball threat. He's caught two touchdowns in the last two games, all on long passes. Um, they got Javon Ivory, Eddie Lewis, you know, guys like that that have really stepped up and played well. And what's interesting is now – um, you know, Ryan Silverfield at the beginning of the year during his, you know, uh, media availabilities, he's very, very close, you know, tight lipped about his players and, and what he expects out of them. But he specifically mentioned numerous times his tight end, Caden Priestcorn, and that Caden was going to be the guy that um, needed to step up and that, that there was going to be an expectation for him to step up. And He's done that so far this year. I think he's got 11 receptions for I think it was like 130 something yards and and um, three touchdowns. So he's um, he stepped in. So you know the the Tigers are definitely a passing team. I think they want to. Yeah. Ryan and Tim definitely want to push the run. They want to be a running team. But I think there's been a shift over the last couple of games to be like, you know what, instead of set, instead of using the run to set up our pass game, we're going to use the pass game to set up our run. And so that matchup between uh, North Texas's cornerbacks and uh, yeah. Memphis's wide receivers are, is going to be an interesting one to see. Um, you mentioned something yeah. about, you know, one of your defensive linemen. You lost one of the, the best defensive linemen on the squad. What, what's the story on that? So uh, Enoch Jackson has not played for uh, the last two games. He has a transfer from Arkansas. He transferred to North Texas in 2020. Uh, he hasn't played the last two games. It's been a – man, this is a tough name to pronounce. Uh, Fatafea Valea has started in yeah, – <laughs> has started in in, uh, in place of him. You get a round and, of applause um, on that one, brother. Thank you. You know, <laughs> my uh, my Islander blood helped me through that when I'm Filipino. There so. you go. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, he's been starting in place of him. I had a pretty good first half versus UNLV. It was get, uh, really getting pressure on on Brumfield, and then second half was obviously a different story, as I mentioned. But don't know if uh, Enoch Jackson will be back for this weekend with. Injury news in North Texas, uh, you you don't learn until <laughs> until Saturday when the game's starting. So you you feel our pain over here too. We don't know anything. Yeah. We don't know anything about injuries until the day yeah. of, the day of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, all right. So for the Mean Green to win this game on Saturday, there's got to be a stat line that you look at in the box score at the end of the game that you're like, okay for the mean green to be successful for them to win this game. This is the stat line that I look for that I want to keep an eye on the most. Which one is that for you? It's going to be a weird one, but it's got to be over 50% on third down. It's just the third and fourth down conversion rate this season, especially from last week have been really, really down for, for the mean green. And, you know, if I were to pick another statistic, it would be, uh, It'd be keeping, obviously, as I mentioned, uh, keeping Hennigan in check and not letting him be that the fifth quarterback of the season to throw 200-plus against the secondary, which tough task, but we'll see. Well, that's interesting that you said that, Reed, because um, 
Memphis at this point in the season, their defense ranks 129 out of 130 for third down conversions. Um, they are giving <laughs> up 60% or even higher of third down conversions to the opponent's offense. So if that's a stat line that you're looking at, it's going to be an interesting one because that's the big one for the Tigers as well, right? Is can the Tigers mm -hmm. get off the field? And so that's an interesting that's an interesting stat line that you that you mentioned. Like I'm, it kind of surprised me because that is that has been the Tigers' bugaboo on defense this year is that they have a really hard time getting off the field on third down. And we're not talking yeah. like third and ones, third and twos. We're talking third third and nine, third and ten. Yeah. You know, big plays. You know, you even see that with um, the first. In the first possession last game against Arkansas State, for Arkansas State on the field, they had third and ten two times in a row on the same possession and got um, a big 20-yard gain across the middle and then a touchdown, a 30-yard touchdown Man. pass. So that, that is a major stat line I think that both fan bases need to pay attention to is yeah. who's going to win the third down battle. Yep. So who do you think – like? we don't have to do predictions in terms of when, like who's going to win. I, I, I don't like those. I, I've got a guy who works with us that does a podcast. That's a, he's a genius when it comes to score predictions, but um, yeah. you know, what, uh, what's your prediction for the game in terms of, of just what you expect to see? It's, it's going to go one of two ways. First of all, it's going to be interesting because it's a preview of the future American athletic conference, but yeah. Secondly, um, it, it's either going to be a shootout or or a Memphis runaway. To be honest with you, I mean that's just kind of what you expect with with UNT at this moment. To where you know either they they keep up and and trade score for score or or don't. That, that's kind of the the um, whole uh, gist of the team at the moment. So. You know, I if defense improves, if Phil Bennett's defense improves from this week or from last weekend, uh, maybe it it's a closer game than than what we saw against UNLV. But you know, I can't. If it doesn't, I can't see it being particularly close. So if we go back to if we do a callback on your article that you wrote yesterday, does it make you feel good that? They're coming off of a loss from last week with the way that the trends of the season has gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's if we're following trends and patterns, then this is certainly a positive if they're doing the whole win-loss thing. So we'll see. <laughs> well, listen, man, I am uh, I really appreciate you joining me. I know you are a busy man running the site and also in class full-time as a student at North Texas. Um, I, listen, I don't envy your position and what you have to do. Um, I, college was not for me. So, um, yeah. So good luck the rest of the way, man, for, with the site. Um, Y'all go check out Reed, man. Go to uh, MeanGreen247.com. The dude is just a – he's just a – he's a badass when it comes to writing. So y'all just – y'all uh, follow him and, and, and hey, they're going to be future co uh, conference opponents, man. So – we're going to be seeing a lot of Reed and a lot of the Mean Green in the next couple of years. So, Reed, thank you so much for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it, Kenny. It was a great time. Thank you for listening to Behind Enemy Lines. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating wherever you download your podcasts. 
If you are interested in content all about the University of Memphis Tiger Athletics, hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Also, you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for our VIP membership. I told you imaginary friends are real. This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.